That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to the first loss of the Nuggets postseason, a 114-108 lowercase L on the road in Minnesota. Uh, I thought this was going to be, guys, a gentleman's sweep at the start of the series. I then got converted to, no, this is going to be a sweep. If the Nuggets are fully focused and play with energy, uh, I don't think there's a counterpunch for Minnesota to uh, adjust to that would translate to a uh, a tangible win. And I was right. Wait, what do you mean? They lost, dude. No, that was not a fully focused, fully energized team. Therefore, uh, they left the window open for Minnesota to catch a W at home. Look, this was this was not going to be easy. It's and it, and and this is this is the easiest it's going to get. Um, so I sort of have a split reaction um, that I'm not that I'm not going to spend too too much time on here this morning. At the time of recording, it's Monday morning uh, before my radio show here on the Fan in Denver. Um, look, this is human nature to let your guard down. No team in the history of NBA basketball has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. We've seen it in other sports. We've never seen it in the NBA. Newsflash, it ain't going to happen here. Minnesota's not going to be the first team in NBA history to do this. So it's natural for you to let your guard down, but uh, you flip that coin over, and I am a little bit disappointed, a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit disappointed um, because the word, and I did a preview video on Twitter uh, for Superbook, uh, and everything, and I just kept on referring to the professionalism of the group. And it's not like they totally mailed it in. They didn't. Um, but at the same time, knowing what the fully focused Nuggets look like, um, that was not them uh, on Sunday evening. It, it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Um, I thought they played good in stretches, um, but I don't even know if when I say good, if shot-making is masking uh, the process. Okay, because the process was not um, uh, the Nuggets that I'm used to, uh, not the standard that they themselves have set um, for for f- folks like myself. Um, and I think you'll see a, a, a massive overcorrection, uh, and we can just jump almost right to the prediction. The, the Nuggets are going to win on Tuesday night. They, they're going to win. Now, unfortunately, the game is on NBA TV, so a lot of people aren't going to be able to see it. Uh, I know Comcast customers like myself in the Metro should be able to see it. Those blackouts should be lifted. Um, But it was unfortunate because you're the number one seed for the first time uh, in the history of the franchise, and you could have had a sweep for the first time in the history of the franchise. And it just would have set up for a nice little, you know, synchronized history. Um, And they didn't get it done. And guess what? Here's the other thing. Yes, it's true that the Nuggets did not play um, like Nuggets basketball, the ball was not, you know, quote-unquote popping the way that uh, it can and will be on Tuesday night. I do. Th- I think the Nuggets are going to blow out uh, a Minnesota uh, on, t- on, on Tuesday. I think Minnesota actually achieved, given the position that they're in, because they know they're not going to come back either. 
But there is a sense of pride that, you know, Anthony Edwards talked about after the game that, like, it was personal. You don't want to get swept. That's just, that's, 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 that's not a good look. Um, so they avoid that mission accomplished, and then the Nuggets will come back and play Nuggets basketball. Um, so, and, and by the way, and by the way, like, let's give, let's give, let's give the Nuggets or uh, the Timberwolves credit. Like Anthony Edwards, once again, was tremendous. I mean, he had a stretch in the second half where he was unstoppable. Now, could that be a harbinger of things to come, uh, in, 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 uh, future rounds? Maybe, certainly, maybe. Because uh, Anthony Edwards is a great, I mean, he is a great young player, but he ain't Durant. So we'll see. You know, we'll just keep our eye on that and cross that bridge when we come to it. But he made five threes and was aggressive. And he just, I mean, he is buttery smooth, man, Anthony Edwards. He is buttery smooth. And I wonder if you were going to draft the entire league. Um, I think the Athletic did this as a, as a, as a survey uh, recently. Um, Actually, in which Rudy Gobert came out as one of the most overrated uh, players and disliked players in the NBA, by the way, um, in that in that athletic piece. Google that. Um, but if you were going to like draft the whole league from zero, to who would you want for the next 10 years? Names like Giannis and Jokic are at the top, and rightfully so. Jason Tatum as well. But I don't, I, how far uh, down that list until uh, you get to Anthony Edwards? Not too far. Maybe somewhere between... You know, eight and fifteen, something like that. I mean, he is that talented. So give him credit. You know, give him credit. Um, you know, and you know, Carl Anthony Towns had some moments in the game, and then really, you know, they don't win. Uh, the Timberwolves don't win without um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who came into overtime with two points and made two massive, massive threes in overtime that helped propel uh, Minnesota across the finish line. Um, and same with Mike Connolly. Mike Connolly had a three uh, late in that game where he's in the deep right corner, and I don't know how you talk about a no business angle. I don't know if he meant to go high glass from deep in the wing. I mean, typically that's you know that's kind of a trick shot, not a trick shot, but it's somewhere on the fringe between trick shot and hey, I'm going to work on this. Just, he just had no angle, so I don't even know if he missed it that badly or meant to do what he did to be deep on a right wing and go high glass. So they had, they, this stuff fell their way, you know, and it was an awful whistle. Like this was a really poorly officiated game. The first half of this contest was absolutely brutal. It was a foul fest and it started on, it actually started with a, a non-call in the first, you know, possession or two to a Contavious Caldwell Pope. And then I don't know, I don't know if it was its own overcorrection or what, but we could not go a possession without, a foul being called in that first half. And I don't know if it was the same crew from the NCAA title game with UConn, um, but it was just, it was brutal and a really, really rough watch to the point where I, uh, it was Charles Barkley who at halftime, he said, this is a terrible game. Looks like a scrimmage. I'm, I'm watching hockey instead. It was, it was that bad. Uh, things kind of evened out um, in the second half, but um, yeah, this is a game where uh, Jokic went for a career high, uh, in points and didn't translate to a win. I hope there's nothing to that um, because I think there is a thought out there that um, that traditionally doesn't revolve around Jokic. It, it, more more uh, with other players like Embiid or you know guys in the past of like, hey, let's let um, you know. I remember some of those middling Lakers teams after the big Shaq trade where Kobe was with like Kwame Brown and Chris Mim and Smush Parker and all this, and teams were like, okay, let's. Let's let Kobe get 46 
but they have to score 100 to beat us. Where, you know, where's the other you know, 54 points going to come from or you know, whatever, that type of old thought process or strategy? Um, I wonder, uh, there's a thought, if, if that could be an angle that you would uh, approach the Nuggets with. We'll see. I think Jokic is too smart for that, and ultimately, um, after a game or two of diagnosing, he would figure out a way to, to, to dice that plan. Um, but yeah, you're typically not used to seeing Jokic score the ball at that high of a level and be a minus 14 when he was out there, you know, minus 14. So, uh, and taking 26 shots, we're not really accustomed to, to seeing Jokic do that. Now, maybe he, maybe that was a response from him because Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray just did not play well. You know, Murray made some shots in the first half that, you know, you know, had the announcers in a tizzy, but really on the whole from a possession-by-possession possession basis, I didn't think Jamal Murray um, was, 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 was very good, you know, um, according to the standard that he has set for himself here recently. So, um, yeah, I mean, KCP did not play well. Um, Aaron Gordon, while, um, you know, had some moments, uh, didn't play great, didn't make enough plays uh, down the stretch. Um, didn't rebound well down the stretch, getting a shot blocked down the stretch. Um, so that was, you know, sort of lackluster too. And it just looked like a team that really on the whole guys was, um, you know, not thrilled to be there. They didn't play with vigor. Um, and they, and their defense uh, was lacking at, at, at portions, especially during that third, that third quarter. I mean, you got to remember how this fell. This was a coin flip game. Uh, at halftime, Nuggets had a little lead, I think by three points, maybe four points or whatever it was. But they come out of the third um, and they played well. And Jokic had back-to-back threes. And they ended up, ended up taking, a, a, I believe it was a nine-point lead. I, I do believe it was as many as nine. Um, and then they just went in the tank. They absolutely went in the tank. Uh, they stopped playing defense. Michael Malone spoke about it after the game. Um, so, yeah, just not not great. Not great. And if you look at the stat, if you just look at the stats and you see Michael Porter Jr. 15 points, it sort of masks what it actually looked like on a possession-by-possession basis. Um, I thought the defense uh, from the bench in the first half was was good. Um, That combination of Bruce Brown and Christian Brown and uh, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green. um, But unfortunately, you can play well like that as a second unit in stretches. But if your dudes aren't being dudes uh, at the top of your roster, um, it's sort of for not. Um, I was uh, the, the the one you know. I made a note of this when they put that on the broadcast. I did not realize that Jokic to Aaron Gordon was the second most uh, direct uh, assist to basket um, duo in the entire NBA after only Harden to Embiid. I, I would have guessed that one. But I would have not. I would assume it was somewhere on the list. But number two in the NBA, um, wow, that was um, that was impressive. That was uh, I, I did not expect to see that duo um, that high on on that list. So look, here here's the thing. Um, we're not going to remember this game. We're really not going to remember that the Nuggets didn't you know complete a sweep. Sweeps are hard, guys. To beat an opponent, you know, four consecutive times in the NBA playoffs, that's hard. It's hard to do. Um, and in you, if you look around um, the league, I mean, look at the one-seed Bucks, And obviously they have ancillary issues going on with injuries. But, you know, uh, they're, they're trailing Miami. Um, uh, Memphis, 
uh, as the higher seed trailing uh, Los Angeles. Uh, the Cavs-Knicks uh, series is probably going to be shorter than I thought, but that's not a sweep. Kings and Warriors is tied up. Uh, the Celtics couldn't sweep the Hawks. Um, so this is, I'm not going to overreact to um, game four. I'm just not going to do it because I know what the Denver Nuggets look like um, when they're the real Denver Nuggets. Like, would the real Nuggets please stand up? I think you're going to see them stand up in a serious way uh, on Tuesday night, and I think they blow out um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Our friends at Superbook have the number at 8.5. I think they're going to end up running away uh, with this thing on Tuesday night, getting it done in five and having some rest time. I mean, is it is it the most ideal rest? Um, maybe not with a sweep, but also there's an argument to be made where like what, how much rest is too much rest? If they finish this thing in five, they're going to have the sh- they're going to have the most amount of rest of any team in the NBA th- these playoffs. So maybe you just take that. I mean, that's 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 the silver lining. Um, uh, but I t- I'll, I will tell you this: if for some reason they have bad process again, and the Nuggets don't find a way to get it done in five. I mean, the pressure will start to mount a little bit. I mean, the, again, I go back to what I said at the beginning. Minnesota's not winning this series. Period. They're they're just not. Um, but you don't want you don't you don't even want to feel that a little bit. Well, let's let's cross that bridge when we come to it uh, in the second round. In the, yeah, in the second round, you'll 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 feel it then. Um, Jokic last night or on Sunday night became the first center in NBA history. With 40 points or more, 10 points or more, and five made threes or more in a playoff game. We have literally never seen that. Jokic was great offensively, and he started slow. I mean, you go back to the start of that game, I think he started 0 for 3, picked up a second foul, he misses free he's been he's been missing free throws. Like, let's keep our eye on that as well. Um, but down the stretch of the game in regulation. I mean, Jokic was freaking great. Uh, the, the last five possessions of regulation, a Jokic three-pointer, a Jokic assist, a Jokic assist, a Jokic mid-range, and a Jokic free throw. That, that's what sent it to OT after being down by 12 with, um, with three minutes to go. So it was a great comeback. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be that close. Nuggets storm all the way back. And then the same sort of miniature arc happens in, in overtime. Um, I just can't believe, I can't believe, here's, here's a stat that I can't believe from Sunday night. I can't believe that the Minnesota Timberwolves scored 16 total points in the fourth quarter. 16 total points in the fourth as they melted down. 16 total points in the fourth quarter, and then they scored 18 points in five minutes in overtime. That is insane. That is freaking insane. 16 points in the fourth, 18 points in overtime. Nutty. Nutty. So, okay, you give Minnesota their flowers. Let's see what happens on Tuesday night. I think it's going to be a waste of fuel, um, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll leave it there for now, guys. Um, that is uh, my, 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 my snapshot reaction uh, after the Sunday night loss, and I think we have a, a seriously different tone when we come in here on Wednesday uh, reacting to the game uh, on Tuesday night. And, guys, no matter what happens on Tuesday night at Ball Arena when the Nuggets come back home, We're going to be talking about it the next morning right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.